Hey guys, welcome to the Keeping It 99 podcast with your host, me and Munna, here on episode 21. 21? <laughs> oh. We have a special guest, Jacob, here today. So, uh, very, very interesting person. A lot of funny stories to tell. So, uh, sure. Yes, you're just, you're just full of funny stories. Also got a great podcast voice, so that's why you're here. You're auditioning okay. to take Munna's spot. Um. <laughs> well, I, I won't talk any more than he will. Um, so you, you got any, uh, you know, funny, like childhood stories, like either that you have or like maybe Cyril, something about Cyril or Ben. Uh, well, they're, they're always fighting. That's pretty funny. No, give because, us a story. About uh, the I want like a specific room. story. Yeah, yeah. The rage, rage monster. Rage, rage monster in the rage room. He's basically broken everything you can imagine. The he being like your brother, right? Your younger yeah, brother. Yeah, my brother. Yeah. Like, like how, like, what has he done? Okay, what happens is he's playing a video game and he loses any video game. Mm. <laughs> I have a video of him raging at Fall Guys yesterday. Hey, hey, you I'm serious. Play? I'm serious. You want to play? Okay, he, he's in the final two, so I just start recording because I know he's going to rage. <laughs> and then he loses. He throws the controller. He starts walking around. It was actually not, his, not that bad of a, a rage. It wasn't even an average. Yeah, it wasn't even an average rage. I heard, he, I heard he broke the couch once. Yeah, no he way. broke the couch. Broke the couch. What's the worst thing? He like? lost to Ben in a game of Madden. I wasn't even home. Ben sends me a picture of the couch on the ground. <laughs> I was like, what happened? That's, that's, that's actually hilarious. Um, let's see, my rage stories. I have one. Uh, one like, this is probably like a year after I got my Xbox. I was in like eight, like seventh grade. And I was playing Madden. And Ivana kept like walking in front of the TV. He kept like blocking my view. I got really pissed. So I threw the controller at her head and I missed. I didn't hit her. I missed. And oh. I hit the wall. And so now there's like a big like scuff mark on my controller. It didn't break. Mm. Oh, we but, have uh, plenty of broken controllers, jammed controllers. Marks, I have a lot of marks on the wall. Yeah, yeah marks on the wall. Yeah. Like when when I used to play GTA, not even me, my brother. He, there would be like um, death matches or like to get a prize or to get a car. So there there was this one specific day, he uh he lost and he just kept banging <laughs> on the bed until like it's shaking. Like the sensor does not work. Like it shakes <laughs> inside the controller, and we still have that controller now. I saw when I went to your house, actually, the, uh, his desk, like, right in front of where he's sitting is, like, chipped up. Oh, that's me. Oh, that, oh that's your desk. That's Sorry. Me. Yeah, your desk. How did that happen? Dude, I just get mad. You start punching not, the... Not even. Like, I don't even get mad like that. It's just when I'm, when I'm super competitive and that's the thing I'm focusing on, that's it. That's all you hear the whole day. So I'm going to take, take your, what you said about competitive. Oh, and actually, um, my monitor broke. Yeah, I know that. But I didn't rage. It was uh, it broke by itself because it had like a little clamp on it. <laughs> I didn't punch it. Yeah, everyone has to learn in general. When you're playing a video game, it doesn't matter what happens. Like, you're just gonna break something yeah. for no reason. So I want to go to the competitive point. I want to talk about competitiveness Ooh. a little bit. Um, obviously, like, <clears throat> sorry. In general, like most people are like super competitive and like, and like yeah, and so like competitiveness like. Um, affects us in many ways and sometimes there's like there's a positive competitiveness but like there's also a very 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 negative type of competitiveness mm. so um where do you draw the line between like positive <laughs> where do you <laughs> sorry our uh topic production topic team person is going crazy um but where do you draw the line between like competitive like good competitiveness and bad competitiveness 
And like yesterday we were playing basketball and I was taking it seriously. I was like yelling at my team whenever we did something stupid. But at the end of the day, I'm just having fun. So it's like, if we lose the game, it's whatever. Like I'm competitive inside the game, but I don't take it seriously after that. It's just for, for fun. You know what I yeah. mean? I'm not gonna, like some people, <clears throat> even like professional sports, take competitive way too far. They get yeah, in yeah. fights over stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's not worth it. You're I think that competitive play. is like uh, someone's hurt after. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say is. that because like you look at like all these like professional athletes and like their post-game interviews where they're like, they're chill with their opponents. Like on the field, they're like, they can't stand each other. The second they walk off, they're like best friends. It's like best yeah. friends off the field, like, like, you know, head to head, like competitive nature. Like they don't care about each other, like on the court, obviously. So it's like, there's that there's that balance and i feel like video games kind of puts a really on. big like gray area over that like line because you don't see the people you're playing exactly. with exactly you're just in a room by yourself so i'd like to further the discussion and be like and just ask the, put the question out there like how do how do video games really like affect kids like are video games positive are they negative like what are your what's your take on it and then i'll when i'll get your take after mm. what's your take jacob uh, they're definitely they're both there's a lot of good things in video games. You can have a lot of fun with your friends, like bonding time, just like what we're doing in person, right? But negative is when you take it too seriously, too far, whatever, you're breaking stuff, hurting people. Like, it's just a video game. You can let it go. Yeah, well, no. I mean, I think negative is spending endless hours on the game and, like, not having time for anything. Sounds not like you. Time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> was like me. But endless hours, I think that's very negative and it affects you in every aspect of your life, such as your studies and all that. But a positive way you could like flight simulator or tractor simulator, all those are like uh, like educational. Yeah, like educational games that teach you such are rather as playing Fortnite. That's like, I mean, you're yeah. not learning anything out of it. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100 percent. And I feel like there's a lot of like positives to video games that we don't understand, like the cognitive abilities that come with it, the ability to, you know, think through problems, to mm. solve problems. Like those are things that, and it's like presented in a fun way, but obviously there's this, there's this limit to how far it can go. And then there's like this balance, right? So there's like a moderation. Like once you pass that, like when this thing, like endless hours upon hours upon hours, I maybe mean, we talked about this in a previous episode a while back about like, like it affects you like socially. Mm. Like, how you deal with people socially. Like, even, like, just that communication aspect of a video game. Like, sure, you're, like, you know, on the call. Like, Ayo, like, whatever. But all you talk about, really, is the game. And you you even see kids that, like, all they can talk about is video games. Mm. You know, so, um, like, what are your thoughts on, like, the communication? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Aspect of video games? Yeah, like, like how does, how does, like, how does, how do video games affect human, like, the human communication, human connection? Uh, it's not good. I don't think it's good for it. Like, even if you, like, you could talk to someone for six hours online, and it could be fine, but I think more often than not, nowadays, it's like, it's all trash talk, and people going at each other over whatever it is. I don't think it's good for anyone. And do you think that how you treat someone online, like, relates to how you treat someone in person or do you feel like those are not connected they're definitely connected but one thing i noticed like when we went to the mission trip all the people that were talking on the zoom like most people that talk on the zoom were not really talking in person like some of the people that talked the most when we first got there they were not talking at all mm. like i noticed that so i feel like because people treat you different online mm. everyone's like 
you talk different online because they can't see you. They don't like they don't have to respond right away. Like you're asking me a question, I'm responding right away. But if you ask me when I'm at home, I could just sit there for four hours yeah, and not respond, right? Mm -hmm. And think about it. So when you're in person, like it's much more engaging in the so conversation. I'll, I'll follow up on the other question. Do you think that comes from a lack of like the, the inability to talk in person, whereas you can talk online really well? Does that come from a lack of confidence or does that come from like a lack of like people skills? Definitely, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Ahead, but like ahead, definitely yeah. people skills. <laughs> Confidence does not have to do with anything that you're doing in the game. Like, uh, I mean, you don't need to do anything. No, I'm talking about like communication online. The communication, like online. Like, let's say you're a good communicator online, like you're a good texture, whatever, like all this stuff. And then in person, you're not really, you know, you're not really like that. Like, we know a lot of people mm. like that. Is does that come from a lack of confidence in person, or does that come from just the fact that they don't really interact with people like face to face? Interaction. I mean, I mean, not interacting with people, not interacting with people and like looking at media, that's going it, to, it's both affecting one person. It takes both of those to affect that topic. Like you can't talk in person because you're not confident because you're online all the time. Because like you're not yeah. going out and talking. And you're spending endless hours on the game or on the media. So I think both as aspects affect that, like both of them are included. That's a great answer. That's what I was looking for. Um, I think one other thing is when you're talking to someone online, you don't realize like how little you know about them. Yeah. You know what I mean, like I've talked to people online. Obviously, we all have that. We've never seen before in person. Mm -hmm. And it's like you you know them from one little thing and you can relate to them about one little thing. So that's what you're going to talk about. But like here, we know each other much better. So like a conversation is much different than if we're talking to somebody online about like one specific topic. That's all we know about their life. All right, I'm gonna challenge you real quick. Okay. I'm gonna, th I'm gonna throw something at you. Um, I remember you told me, by the way, if, okay, I remember you told me like, um, when we were at the convent trip, that that is the most that you've ever like talked to other people yeah. than like before. So like, uh -huh. would you say, because before like you were a pretty shy person. I still am. You, well, it's it's got a little better. bit shy, but it's, it's gotten got better. better. Mm -hmm. um, would you say that the reason why you got better at in-person communication because you were forced to or was it more of just like you just kind of made that decision no i knew before like i knew i was a shy person i needed to be more social so i like i knew that i was gonna have to force myself to talk to people so but, you like took the opportunity type of thing yeah and then they like we're sitting in a van of 15 of us and there's only two people that i know so they're gonna start conversation you know like they knew that they realized that i wasn't talking so they made me talk yeah and then I hated it, but then afterward is like now everything's so easy. I'm not as shy anymore. Yeah, yeah it's kind of it's, it's kind of crazy like that instant change that I noticed. I was like, geez, Jacob now talks. Now he get him on the podcast. I mean, you really can't live life without being social with others. That's exactly that's what I think. Like you're not just like you said. You know, two people in that van, and there's 15 other people, and they're all gonna start conversations. But if you're shy, like you can't do anything. Mm -hmm. You're just gonna sit there and nod your head. Yeah, the, I mean, the hard part for me is like, you just have to find something that you can relate to them with. Yeah. And humans were made to connect. Like if you look at like the way how God created us, right? God created us to have connection, to have friendships, to have relationships. Like um, when God put Adam and he, he made Adam and then he put Eve to be a companion to him. Mm -hmm. And Adam and Eve were companions to God and they had a job. Like there's, there's so many things in life that we have now 
that we don't notice comes like, like, like work is like, for example, like work is a command from God. A lot of people don't see that. Or like relationships and friendships are commands from God as well. We were created to be friends, to like, to talk in order to communicate. So I would just like to see like, what are your thoughts on, um, on like people, you know, talking about how like, let's like whole like independent lifestyle. This like, like give yourself your own space, like stay away from people. Like to what extent do you believe in this independence? Okay, that it's different for every person. Because I had a teacher one time, like when we were on virtual school, and she was like, I talked to people all day, but it was online on Zoom. And she went home and she was like, and I feel like she said she's like feeling down because she didn't actually see a single person all day and she didn't talk to anyone. But like for me, sitting at home, not talking to anyone all day was fine for me. But obviously not sustainable for a long time. But like just depending on how much people like to talk, some people can't stay at home all day or they'll just like i don't know that, yeah that's how i think about it i mean money you have any thoughts no i just went blank dude hey, you're good you uh no i did not um but like like uh, independence is very there, there's like a there's an importance to like being like having independent moments and like having time for yourself but there's also obviously that importance of interacting with others and you know pushing yourself to talk more so um i mean also when you're like independent you you're gonna fall into a, a dark spot like you're, you're gonna yeah when you're like fully independent yeah. yeah everyone has a different like a limit mm -hmm. you know what i mean some people don't some people have like if they're independent for a day they're gonna fall apart some yeah it takes true. a lot longer so it's different for everyone mm -hmm. i just i just personally think like if you cross that limit you're gonna fall into a bad spot in your life and you're obviously gonna need people in your life you can't live life by yourself that's just what I think. You need you need others to help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to agree. And so then I'm going to go to the next question, which is like, what is your advice for someone who like, who like just like went through this change of like being like completely antisocial to now like partially becoming social, right? Uh, what was one piece of advice? What is one, sorry, what is one piece of advice you'd give to someone who is like trying to take that step to like talk to more people and to be more active in the community? Oh, this is advice like for anything that you don't want to do, but you know you have to do it. Like I just saw this. It was like if you have to be, if you feel uncomfortable doing whatever it is, then it's actually a good thing. Cause like I felt very uncomfortable. I hated talking to people in the van, but now looking back, it's like if I didn't do that, I would still be where I started. I mean, I remember you came up to me. <laughs> you were like, dude, like how do I talk to people? And I was like, just do it. Just go out and talk. And you were like, bro, what does that mean? Like. It, and it's true, like going it's hard out to start. and doing it. Exactly, it's hard to start. Once you do it, it's like so rewarding. And that goes back to a, another podcast we have about the like being comfortable versus uncomfortable. Um, like, it is so important to be uncomfortable because that's where you grow the most. Mm -hmm. You know, you grow in uncomfortable situations because that's where you learn. Like, if you're always going through the same things day in day out, there's no room for, you know, for growth. So, I applaud you for. Uh, for doing that and for taking on that because that's like you know very important and very impressive so thank you um to move on to another uh another question i'm full of questions today but uh my next question for you jacob is as someone who's like who's a man of god right how do you take that like godly approach like to your friendships that are like outside of the church like, what do you do, like, you know, when your friends from school, like, you know, when they ask you challenging questions about, like, who 
has that happened to you first off before I continue? Oh, my friends are like, they're very accepting of like the, the fact that I'm Christian. Some of them that aren't Christian, just like, you know what, like we know what he's going to do. We're not going to force him to do anything. You know what yeah. I mean? Which I'm grateful for that they'll do that. That's great. I'm glad. When do you have any friends that? I mean, not really, but um, some friends ask me about like Orthodox, but I'm I'm not I'm not really good at answering. But I usually uh, I try to answer at my best uh, limit or capacity. Yeah. So, like for example, I'm I'm just gonna give you an example. Like if someone comes up to you and is like, um, they're going through a tough time and they're like, you know where is God? Like, why doesn't, like, where is he? Like, where is his existence? Like, how does God, you know, like work in you? Because as someone who's a man of God, you see, you know, it's like whatever you want to see, you're going to see, you know? So it's like, um, if you open the eyes of your heart, like you will see where God has worked through your life. So how would you respond to someone that goes like, you know, like God doesn't work, you know, in, in, in our lives? Like, how do you respond to something like that? Oh, we, we just can't see it. We're just humans. There's a verse, and Paul wrote somewhere. It's like the um, the grace of God transcends our minds, something like that. Yeah. It's like we don't understand what He's doing, because this is just like you can't take like one week or one month, like one bad period of your life out of the entire thing, and be like, "That's the one. Like that's put me down. I can't do the whole God thing anymore." And it's like there's a whole plan going. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a hard part in every plan. It's not easy through everything. Yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to agree with that and I'm also going to say like the reason why I brought this up is yesterday I was listening to uh Impulsive, which is another podcast, yeah. Logan Paul's podcast. And he did an episode with Jiddy on and I was watching it cuz you know, entertaining. It was. And they actually came upon this question like which was really weird to me. I was like, "Wow, that's kind of crazy they talking about this." Where it's like you know, Logan was asking was asking them like, you know, like does God really work? Is God even like real or whatever like a higher power like does he even work you know in our lives like is he able to you know do all this and i feel like god god works but we don't see it like while it's happening it's so hard to see god working while it's happening it's so easy to see like you know oh last year oh i see where god you know yeah. I it's mean, they even they even like said that on the podcast they were like look back five years like, you did not do that by yourself. God yeah. had to have helped you. Like, there was someone higher than you that helped you achieve that that was uh, in the podcast, in their podcast. So I'm going to ask, sorry, Jacob. So I'm going to ask you, like, um, like, because, like, self-praise and, like, self-accomplishments, there's, like, whenever you say, like, oh, it's by the grace of God, it's by God, you know, God really does do the work. And, like, we do our part, God does the rest, Right. How do you explain to someone who doesn't necessarily believe that like God is doing his work and we just do a small portion? Like, how do you explain to them without like, you know, hurting their feelings like, oh, you did all this work? Okay. Let me ask you a different question first. And okay. it's, it's, it's related. Okay. When we say that we're going to go to paradise and heaven forever, humans don't understand forever. Can you all explain forever to me? It doesn't make sense to us because everything we do, you know, like, when does this end? When, when do we get home? Like, everything has an a ending point to it. Yeah. Right? When does summer end? When does school end? Whatever. When does the day end? We don't understand forever. Like, that doesn't make any sense to us. So that's just, like, one small part of what God does is the forever thing. And none of us understand that. Right? So how are we supposed to be able to understand, 
like the power of God. It, it we just we're humans. We can't make any sense of it. But we just have to trust that He's working through it. And you know, if you look back on anything, it's very clear that He was there the whole time. Mm. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't have said it better. Um, but again, like, there's there's this issue with with like the society around us is that we need to know the why before we like do it. Like, we need to be like, why am I going to do this before I do it? And there's this big principle in orthodoxy where it's like you do it before you know it. Exactly, you, you do that, it yeah. before you understand. And I feel like that's like that takes like a level of humility to really be like, I'm going to do it just because, mm-hmm. just because you know. The church said so just because God said so. I'm going to do it. I mean, but no one's ever like that. There's always has to be a reason to do it. Exactly. No one's ever like, you told me to do this, I'm going to do it. There's always, you told me to do this, now give me a reason why I should do this. I mean, I I agree, and that's like, that's where I feel like that, like, sorry. That's where I feel like that, um, that issue comes into play where it's like, how do we explain to those people, like, to do before you understand? Or even that same thing back to that question about, like, does God work? Like, you need to know God works before you understand what he did, before you understand like yeah. how he worked. Um, any thoughts on that? Either of y'all? It's, it's hard because the amount of faith you have to have to like just throw yourself out there is very hard. That's like what we see some of the saints, they, they do like, they trust God so much and then he rewards them with everything they could ever want. It's amazing to see. I mean, if I... W- just off of a, another person's point of view, there's all all these other religions. Like, why why they're gonna say, why should I pick Christianity over yeah. all the other ones? There's so much like, um, not conflict, but there's so much, uh, so many more decisions to make. Like other than Christianity, there's so many more religions to choose from than Christianity. They're going to have to question everything that happened in Christianity. And that's just how they're going to feel assured or secure to be in that religion. So you're saying, like, like from their perspective, they need to know, like, they need to understand, like, everything and, like, understand, yeah. like, why everything is before. Yeah, just so they could feel secure and they're going to, uh, like, follow that religion. So I'm going to go back to this, like, trust in God because it's ties in like Mm -hmm. this trust in God thing like trusting in God it's so so first off it's hard to trust things that you can see in the first place like it's hard to trust people it's hard to trust the government whatever it's hard to trust things that you can physically see and physically play a part in but it's so much more harder to put your trust in something that that you don't see and you don't understand exactly and so like I I would like to pose this question to you like where do you find your trust in God? How do you find that trust? Is it like a decision or is it just like something that just happens? Is it like, how do you get to this point to where you can trust God? Uh, The faith and trust is very difficult. Like it takes a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of effort to the point where you just trust him to do whatever for you. You know what I mean? Like you just can look at saints that we've seen that have trust God with everything they ever had. And he gave them everything. It just takes a lot of time and dedication reading the Bible to really trust him. Because you can see, like, when you read the Bible, you, j- you can see God everywhere. And then you can build your trust off of that. Yeah, I mean, um, 
when you're in a really bad spot in your life, like, and there's a light that comes and saves you, you automatically know that's God. You can't, you can't stop something without, well, I mean, you can't stop something without God. You can't do it by yourself. It's just impossible. Like, if you're addicted to drugs, you're going to keep doing it and doing it until you're dead. Mm-hmm. Unless you, like, that light comes to you. Or you want to go to that light. And I think this ties back to something we talked about in Sunday school on Sunday, um, which is, like, you know, we plant the seed or someone plants the seed, but God gives the increase. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a very, very, very important part that we need to understand is, like, our, what we can do can only do so much. We can only do so much. Mm-hmm. Right, God has to ha- play a role because it doesn't make sense that, like, like if, for example, like if like, um, you know, we're on a mission trip or whatever. Here we go. We talk about Jesus for an hour to some family. There's no way in that one hour that they're gonna buy our, buy, because of us that they change their whole life around and pick up Christ and you know convert to Christianity. Whatever, it's impossible. Actually, you were you were you were invited into someone's house, right? Yes, I Can was. Can you tell us how that went? Um, Did you talk about God at all to them, or no? So the, sorry, this is like kind of like a side story, but I'll, I'll go on it. Um, so when we were on the mission trip, just for some background, um, we were going around giving out food, and we got invited into an Afghan family's house, and there was three women. Two of them were from Uzbekistan, and one's from Afghanistan. Um, and only one of them spoke English. There was like a lot of translation going on. Um, and it was a woman from Afghanistan that spoke English. So the two, like she had to translate from Uzbek into Dari or whatever. Sorry, if I said that wrong to the Afghan language and then translate to us. Yeah. English. So we're sitting there, we're just talking. We're not really talking about God because they're obviously Muslim. Like it's, they're Mahagabin, whatever. So it's like not hard to tell. Um, and we're just sitting there talking, talking, talking about, you know, how's America, how's life, you know, basic questions like that, like, you know, like, what brought you to America, like, you know, normal questions. Mm -hmm. And then we started trying to talk about God a little bit, and it was a little bit hard because they they were pretty, like, hesitant, like, resistant to it because they're, you know, Islamic, and we asked if we could pray pray for them, and they were like, no, like, God won't, like, accept your prayer because you're Christian or he'll get mad or something like that. So, like, whatever. So, we still prayed for them um, when we, like, you know, left. But we didn't really talk a lot about Christ. But it goes back to my point of, like, all you have to do is plant the seed. Like, sometimes planting the seed is, is just as simple as just, like, you know, smiling. Like, there's there's so many little things that we can do where if we, you know, like, for example, you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Right? Like, literally, it says that in the Bible, like, faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. There's a proof of that. Um... Mount Makatum. Yeah, thank you. Mount Makatum in uh, in Egypt. I forgot what Saint Saint um forgot what his name was. Anyways, that's another story. Um where like, you know, there was a mountain that was moved. Um like that same like that that's that's you know, in the history. So if faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain, you saying, you know, talking about Christ for five minutes can convert someone, not through you, but through the Holy Spirit, through God working in you and through you and working in that person's life afterward, like God gives the increase. All you do is put a little seed. Like you see these little seeds, you know, apple trees, like massive, right? Mm. Big trees. Where does it start from? A seed like this big, you know? Um, and so all we have to do is plant that little seed. Just throw, a little, throw it in there a little bit. 
had it with some dirt, maybe water it a little bit, and God, God sends everything. So it's that like, it's that faith and that trust that we need to have in order for that to happen. Um, which you know, goes back to the question, like, how do we get it? Which is like how you answered, like, just always surrounding yourself with Christ. And it's a decision. Like, it has to be a decision. Um, like what, you know, His Grace, Bishop Yusuf said on Sunday, like, when it comes to love, for example, you know, love, like loving your enemies or loving people that hate you, loving people that hurt you, you know, there's two levels to love. There's a mental level and there's a heart level, right? There's like an, a, like an actual, the actual love, there's a, but there's also a mental one first. You have to choose to love something, like do the actions of love, because love is action, right? Love is not just words, like love is action. Yeah. Like you have to do those things to love in order for God to take those, take that mindset and transform it into like an actual like feeling of love towards others. So I feel like it goes to that same point of trust. Like in order to trust God, we have to decide to trust God. We have to decide to put our faith in him make that conscious decision. And then over time, like God will transform that into um, like pure faith. But how do you trust God? Even How do you trust God even though you can't see him? Again, it's a decision. Yeah, but how do you do it? You could always say, yeah, I believe in God, but you just neglect. I get what you're saying. So you're saying like, instead of like, let me just make sure you're getting it right. I'm saying, I'm getting it right. Like you're saying like, you can always just like go through the motion and say like, yeah, I do. Yeah. But like you don't actually. But what do you do to back that up? Okay. So it goes back to that like, you know, love is action. Like that faith in God is action. Um, sorry. So Man, that's I apologize. <laughs> that subway's really hitting right now. Um, but like you have to like Pray to God with real, like, genuineness that you really, really, really need to believe that he's going to do it. You need to decide that you're going to believe. And it's, like, it's so hard to explain. And sometimes it takes God to do something in your life for you to notice it. Sometimes it takes God to literally, you know, either manifest something or speak to you in some way, and you need to actually notice it in order for you to start putting trust in him. Like, I'll give you an example, like, for me, like, a recent example. Um, when we were at the convent. And we were, you know, sitting there talking about, you know, people leaving the church and all that. You know, that one night we sat down and mm. really prayed. Like, we really, really prayed. We all went around in a oh, circle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we really prayed. That next morning um, was James chapter 5. And, right? it, and it had it on verse 19. And verse 19 and 20. The last two verses of the whole book of James. And it was not a coincidence. It was, and it was, it was meant Exactly. To be. Like, it's those things, it's those moments where you realize, like, wow, like, God is... God He's is real. God is listening. When I ask him to, hey, God, guide me in the right direction, how, you know, I can, you know, like bring people like back to the church, bring people back to the, the truth. And the verses, blessed is he, or like, I don't know exactly what it was. It was something like, blessed is he who, you know, turns a sinner away from his ways. Yeah. And back to mm -hmm. the truth, but roughly is what it says. Um, like when that's six hours later, the first thing that you read, the first thing that you see, that's like, but again, you need to believe that that's not a coincidence. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So there still is that aspect of trust that you need to have in order to like fortify your trust. Does that make sense? Mm. So sometimes, sometimes trust, trust in God comes in those moments. Sometimes it comes like, but over time you slowly build up this trust, this faith and this trust until like he is the only thing you need. Does that make sense? Yeah.
Do you have any thoughts on that, Jacob? Oh, yeah. One thing for me personally, like, the more you start, like, praying and going to liturgy, whatever, like, getting close to God, it's like, it's almost like an addiction. You just can't, you can't stop. You just keep yeah. going and going and going. It's like that's, surrounding yourself. Yeah. That's really good to build your faith. Like, like for, for example, you asked me, like, why, why, like, you know, when you're in the car with me or whatever, when, you know, you and Chris are driving around, like, why we don't, I don't let y'all play, like, rap music or don't let y'all play whatever music you want. Whereas, like, for me, like, in my car, it's only hymns and that's it. The reason why is because when you, whatever goes in is what's going to come out. Yeah. Whatever you fill your brain with is what's going to come out of your brain. So you always continuously fill yourself with Christ, fill yourself with Christ. All that's going to come out is Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't let you play little baby in my no, car. No, no, no. It was just Kanye. Kanye. Who cares about Kanye? Same thing. Um, but, yeah, so that's, like, the reason why, like, there's only... I'm just seeing if it's turned off. Okay. <laughs> that's the... Okay, there. You good? Yeah, yeah we're right. good. We're good. So that's the reason why, like, I only play hymns in my car. Mm -hmm. um, Whatever you fill yourself with, that's what's exactly. going to come out. Yeah, there's a quote that I saw. I, I can't quote it correct directly, but it says, like, water in nature is, like, very soft. Like, you can put your fingers through it, whatever. And then your heart is like a stone. But the word of God is, like, pouring the water onto the stone. And over time, the stone will wear away. Yeah, You're, the hard heart will get worn out by the word of God, the hymns, just surrounding yourself with the water, surrounding the stone with the water, twenty four seven, the stone will dissolve. I mean, and like going back to that point, that same thing, like people's mentality of churches on Sunday, Christ is only on Sunday. If you take one cup of water and you pour it on the stone once a week, nothing's gonna happen. Never. Like it maybe It'll, will take it, 70, still, 80 years, but it's still pouring water. But it's still doing something. But in order to really undergo that change, to really, you know, put yourself in God, you have to continuously water that like a river and it will cut through the rock, you know, perfectly. So I really like that analogy. Yeah. One, one thing I was thinking about, I think this morning is about like going only on Sunday, how it makes no sense. How like, say a human lives for 80 years, right? Mm -hmm. And then obviously forever, we don't understand that. But say it's a thousand years, okay? So over 10 times how we live. But only one out of seven days, and not even a whole day, people leave at 12 and go home and do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Not even one out of seven, we're going to give to him. But he's going to keep us there in heaven for infinite amount past our life. We're doing everything for the 80 years, six and a half days out of the week. And, and it's like half day we give. Sorry. Fills for eternity. Not even half. That shouldn't. Like, it's like three hours. Exactly. It's not even that. It's, it's like, equivalent. and it goes back to that point to where like, you know, like free will, for example. Like, God gives us free will to choose, and people will say, well, you know, why would God send someone to hell? Like, why shouldn't we choose? Here's the response to that is, you choose with your life on earth. If you can't live with God for 80 years, how are you going to live with him for eternity? I mean, it's, it's just like a test. Like, you either pass or you fail. You study right now and pass, or you, like, it's, don't It's do not even that. It's like, if you have the opportunity and you won't take the opportunity. Like if you have the choice to go to church and you decide I'm not going to go to church, how are you then when you go to heaven, how are you going to be able to be around God all the time? If you when can't you be can't around God. On Sunday. Yeah. If you can't even go, you know, one, twice a week, once a week, whatever. If you can't, you know, pray every day. If you can't read the Bible, how are you going to be f literally in the presence of God for the, forever? If you can't even do it for 80 years, for 10% mm -hmm. of every, for, exactly. you know, an hour a day. Yeah. How can, like, and so it's that, it's honestly like on us, like, like, 
you know, God is, God is the just judge, right? He's merciful. Like he wants us to go to heaven, but we have to want to as well. You know, it can't just be, you know, one of us wanting, so. Yeah. Um, and things like, even if we, even if we give our life to God six out of seven or seven out of seven days a week, I think we still don't deserve exactly. it. Exactly. Like, That's where that mercy comes yeah. in. <laughs> we still don't deserve it. I mean, just like in liturgy, we say, like, according to your mercy, not according to our sins, like that same mm -hmm. thing. But we have to put, a lot of people believe that, like, you don't need, there's no effort to be put in when you're a Christian. A lot of people have this misconception. There's a lot of effort. Exactly. A lot of people have this misconception, like, for example, like, I don't want to stir up any issues, but, like, Coptic in the church, people are like, oh, we don't need Coptic, it's a dead language, all this stuff, mm -hmm. where it's more of, like, they're like, oh, I don't understand it. It's like, if you wanted to, you could. If you put the effort in, you go learn everything, you will understand it as time goes on. And, like, I'm not saying, like, please don't take this out of context. I'm not saying, like, that all English churches are wrong or whatever. Like, I'm not saying that at all. I actually think it's a great idea for, like, the evangelistic purpose. But to say that Coptic doesn't belong in the Coptic church is, it's, it, like, it again shows that, like, we believe that we don't really need to put that effort. Like, we do. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And so Christi Christianity is a conscious effort that's always, and I feel like a lot of people don't notice that. It's like trials and tribulations, like Paul says, like you will have, or Christ says, you'll have trials and tribulations. Paul said, you know, he went through chains, he went through beatings, you know, and whatever, he's still joyful in Christ. Like we have to keep that mindset that we will always be joyful in Christ no matter what happens. And we have to expect to put in that effort. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Man. Good episode. <laughs> Roller coaster. <laughs> I love how we started off with video games and ended with Christ. Exactly, man. That's how it's supposed to be. Um, any guys, anyways, any guys, anyways, guys, thank you so much. Thank all y'all for watching. Thank you, Jacob, for hopping thank on. Thank you for having Thank you, me. Jacob, for being on the podcast. We appreciate it a lot. Thank you for the great conversation. Thank you for everyone watching if you liked it. Thank you, thank Chris, you Chris, for doing the audio. I'm barely watching it. And uh, thank you guys for everything. Uh, Thank you for supporting. Like, comment, subscribe. Go follow the IG. Share it. Go follow Spotify. Everything. Post notifications. Post notifications. Everything is turned on. And uh, we'll see y'all on episode 22. 21. <laughs>